every day. Every day, every day, every day, every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. for tuning into this virtual community where we're all going to journey together in learning, growing and discovering new facets of ourselves. This is Everyday Weird with myself, Nikki Alonga. I'm so, so grateful you're here. And if this episode brings to you any laughter, any value or something to reflect on, feel free to share with your friends, with your family, with your crush, with your colleagues, and let's grow together as a community. If you have any topics that you would like myself and the guests to cover in the future, please slide in the DMs on our Instagram page, Everyday Weird, and I will be sure to find the time and place to put it into the upcoming episodes. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome guys to the first, the very first episode of Everyday Weird with myself, Nikki Alonga. And it's also the first episode of 2021. Yeah, yeah. It's the whole um, new year, new me vibes, but you know, hopefully, hopefully not, hopefully better. (laughs) Um, Yes, so I just wanted to start this first episode by letting you guys know um, what our hopes are for this podcast is for 2021 but also you know what we just went through a weird weird ass year which was 2020 so it would be very inappropriate to not at least talk about what it was that's free content (laughs) that's free content for like everybody who's in the in the field of content creation 2020 just gave us endless content so I thought the first episode would be, of course, about a little bit of covering 2020. You know, I mean, I think I'm not going to repeat the depth of the pandemic because we all know it. I'm just going to jump into what it has been personally for me, because honestly, this podcast, this platform I'm creating for myself to process life uh, out loud. And if you listen to it and you learn a few things, that's awesome. And that's my hope. You know, I'm creating it to to just listen to myself and be like, what are we doing in this life? Um, And, you know, the things we're not learning in school, the things we've not learned in family all these different things um, that would make us live easier and live better, you know? So, yes, today we're just going to talk about 2020, how it was for me and for, I guess, all of us. And then also I hope for 2021 in this podcast, maybe in, you know, just dreaming, dreaming um, and hoping because the bar is so low for 2021, it just better be good, Okay. Where do I start? I think 2020 personally um, was a was was in two parts, right? Um, part one was that externally it affected 
the way we did everything, the way we work, the way, um, I mean, a lot of my friends' businesses have closed, a lot of people are bankrupt. It's been a year of grieving and losing and mourning, you know? Um, but also it's been a year of like looking really, really deeply in our, into ourselves to, to find a way to get out because it was literally almost like swim, fight with the sharks or drown, <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and really kudos, um, for kudos to everybody who, um, who fought with the sharks, who swam through the oceans and the waves and made it out, but also a massive, massive shout out to those who did not end the year with us, you know, um, I'm sure that, you know, we, we all fought in the best we could, you know, a lot, there was a lot of loss. And um, one of the tips I'm thinking is that we, we find spaces and places in our community with our friends and family where we can really allow ourselves to mourn what 2020 was for some of us, to cry on the losses of business, the business ideas, the hopes. There was a lot of hopes that were crashed um, in 2020. There was a lot of, oof, there was just a lot of shit. You know, it was a shit fest <laughs> if we're allowed to, you know, curse on this podcast. Um, it's my podcast. Why should I ask permission? See, that's one of the things that I learned in 2020 is to not ask permission. Anyway, so hopefully we find a space to mourn what that year is, to allow ourselves to grieve and to cry for those who need to cry because it was a tough year. But I also want to let us celebrate, to let us celebrate some of the good, good things that have happened um, in 2020. Uh, personally, since um, this is, I'm the host, <laughs> I'm just gonna say personally, I, hands down, I think 2020 was the year I learned the most internally about myself. You know, I, we had to sit down and face ourselves and not run away. There was very little time for distraction with the lockdown, with the curfews. So, you know, I had to face a lot of my monsters, a lot of my demons, um, and, and, and for the better. Of course, it was really scary but it was for the better. So I just wanted to share a few lessons that I have learned in 2020. And I'm so glad that I actually learned something because I could have just like jumped off a cliff, but you know, we thank God, we thank God. In 2020, believe it or not, <laughs> I learned to know and accept my worth, actually, you know. Um, I don't know how to explain this. I don't know how to, to even process this, but there's something about Rwanda, you know, that has culturally, we grew up being, we grew up being told to please people, to Some people even say, So we act in life, you know, anticipating, do we even, know if we're doing these things because we enjoy them or we're just scared of not offending people, of not, um, of not having zero guests at our wedding, of not having, you know, like we're just, how are we going to be looked at? How are we going to be perceived? So in that process of growing up in that way, 
I think I lost so much of who I was and what I liked and what I, you know, and I, I it reflected in a lot of wrong friendships, wrong, you know, relationships, honey, like, I'm not even going to lie. It was just weird throughout, you know, not knowing, hey, this is what I can believe I deserve. I deserve peace. I deserve to go to a person's house and enjoy myself, not just go there and go, but you know, do something and be like, because it's, it's so toxic. And I'm so glad that I sat down with myself in all the, 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 the months of, you know, just facing the wall during the lockdown and learning, hey, you know what? I can actually choose. And people who are offended by my choosing can go, you know, can go and, you know, disappear, disappear. The second thing I learned, okay, you guys, the second thing I learned, um, which is a little bit connected again to my worth, you know, because if I'm learning about my worth, that means other people are also learning about their worth, correct? Which means as I'm learning to reject some things and some people, some people are also learning to reject some things and people, and I might be one of the things that will be rejected. Does that make sense? So the biggest thing I feel like I learned this 2020 was that rejection is, the, is not the bully we think it is, yeah? Before, banange, like, you get rejected. Because we, we grow up in, in such a culture that, especially for women, I don't know if men feel the same way. I'm not in a man's body. So, you know, if men feel the same way and they're listening to this, feel free to, 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 to slide in the DMs. Um, but one thing I learned, being a girl, a woman in Rwanda, we are taught that being liked by people is a huge achievement. Oh, you know, these, um, as we grow up, we connect so much of our value to how people perceive us, which of course is what gets us in the cycle of over-pleasing people, over-seeking external validation, and fearing rejection with the highest of our core, yeah? So the biggest, one of the biggest gifts of 2020 was to learn to accept rejection. Honestly, not just like at work. It's somehow disconnected because you're like, your boss won't like your idea. It's fine. Your... Um, your, some investors or pitch conference as, a, uh, as I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. So we pitch a lot, we, just, we get rejected. We pitch for funding, we pitch for investment, we get rejected. So somehow my brain was used to that. But being rejected by people, I don't know, that shit killed me. It used to make me sleep for days and just cry, okay? Um, and then I realized a friend of mine actually told me, listen, you got rejected, people didn't feel your vibe, and you're gonna open shop tomorrow, you're gonna keep trying again. Especially in the area of intimacy, in the area of love, that's where we take it so personally that something is wrong with us, that something, that being rejected is a reflection of our innate worth. And I had to learn, no honey, you know, maybe you just didn't connect. You just, I don't know how to explain it, but I hope that we learn 
I'm still learning because, you know, that stuff still stings. You know when you get rejected after, like, a date that went really well and you're like, it hurts. But learning in a way or another that being rejected does not mean something is wrong with you, does not mean you're physically ugly, that does not mean that you're not intelligent, that you're not sociable, that you're not, um, that you're not bad, you know? because rejection will happen, especially for women and if we gear ourselves. I think some of the reasons why women are afraid to even attempt things, try out things, try new ideas, is the fear of failure and rejection. And if we train ourselves, you know, go out there, you know, ask somebody. A friend of mine was like, I'm gonna ask somebody for a coffee and just see how it goes, you know? And they were rejected and they took it so well because one of the things she said was, where I'm from, bravery is celebrated. And that was like, girl, get a girl, get a girl. So, you know, um, the less we fear rejection and failure, the more as men, as women, we will step forward. We will step forward in ideas, attempting things, you know? Um, attempting things, yeah. Okay, I hope that resonated with y'all. The third thing I have learned, yes, I have learned that optimism actually is more sustainable and realistic than pessimism. Okay. Man, y'all, see, see how I use my time wisely during this lockdown and curfew. Eh? I was journaling a lot. I think that's a practice that, um, that really has helped me to discover the way my brain works or the way, um, just, just go inside my brain or, I talk to myself out loud, proudly, you know, consequences of 2020. You know, talk to myself out loud and figure things out. But, okay, back to my point. My point was that I have learned that optimism is more sustainable than pessimism. Again, I, I grew up in Rwanda, yeah? We have, we are some of the most resilient, strongest human beings in the world. Um, strongest in, 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 in numbness, really, to be honest. Huh? We've gone through so much. We've seen so, 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 so much. And that can even reflect in the black community as a whole. We've seen so much pain, so much suffering that we have a, 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 some sort of a celebration of suffering, you know? Um, so optimistic people, I've noticed, are not easily accepted in community because they are perceived as less intelligent, whereas pessimistic people are often perceived as, you know, rational, logical, and mature, you know. Uh, in our culture, maturity is, is, is connected as to, like, how much suffering you've gone through. And that's not true. And so we have this suffering competition. Oh, you know, I've gone through this and my job was on fire and my office and my house was on fire. Everything was dying. And, and, and we, 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 we create a narrative that is, is, is not hopeful to sound more mature. And, and we are celebrated for that, actually, you know? When someone is highly negative about other people or about circumstances, somewhere, somehow, we feel like they are the rational one. And then someone who's optimistic or very hopeful is perceived as, you know, they don't know life. You know, and 
One thing I learned, I used to be very pessimistic. I, I think I still am at some point uh, in some parts of my life. And one thing that I reflected upon was that if I wake up in the morning and plan that my day is going to go negatively or, you know, like think about all the 10 wrong ways that my day can go. I'm starting my day terribly already. I've already prophesied that this is going to be a bad day. I've already legit, you know, confessed to the universe or to the gods. I do not know that this is not going to be a good day. And that's going to replicate itself. If I'm thinking about ideas and my first knee-jerk reaction, of course, it's very important to see what could go wrong, what could go right. But we focus so, so much more on what could go wrong than on what could go right. And that, that affects us in, in every aspect of our life, in friendships, in workplaces, in family settings, because we just approach life with cynicism. And I had friends who were so cynical, you know, have you ever, like, you know, in Rwanda, eh, people, even probably this week, people are going to be sitting down and be like, oh, you know, I'm a foreign competition. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. It's probably going to sound very, um, very privileged to even say choosing optimism is an option. But as someone who's learning that joy can come from within and gratitude can come from within and we can be grateful for a few the few things we have and also be there for people who are being positive learn from them you know um doesn't reflect badly um on us so i really learned that i can choose optimism as often as i can i am naturally from the way i was raised i am naturally more pessimistic than optimistic but i'm really going to be on the journey to decide to be more optimistic to decide to think better and more positively yes so that was another thing i learned of course um oh yes i have also learned about values and standards and how to reflect those values and standards from no, that's not something I learned, really. Bitch, I just made that shit up. The other thing I learned, <laughs> I learned one of the greatest, the single greatest gift about this reflection slash lockdown slash curfew slash coming home early, not being sure what we're doing, whatever, whatever. One thing I've learned um, is something called attachment styles. And I will... Um, I will dig deeper on this on this thing called attachment style because it is so incredibly important. Um, so first of all, shout out to Lighthouse Rwanda. Um, they are a psychology slash counseling space where you can either learn um, about psychology and counseling, but you can also uh, get their services if you're going through something and you need... Um, uh, to talk to somebody who is trusted and who is a professional, that's a beautiful place to go to. Um, one thing they taught us um, was attachment styles. Um, there's four different types of attachment styles, and attachment styles are the way we see life from how we were treated as babies, yeah? 
So there are people, number one, there's the secure attachment, which is somebody who as a baby, as a tiny baby, when they cried, the parent was there to feed them. When they cried, there was, there was a response. They were, there, was, there was a quick response to the fear of the baby because babies do not know how to calm themselves down, how to soothe themselves. Kwihoza so this secure attachment is somebody who when they would cry the mom was there the mom was always responding to what they were or or dad you know so as they grow up they know deep within their hearts and their soul that when they have a need and they express it they will someone will respond to their needs so they approach life with more security, they approach life with more optimism, they approach life with more confidence, yeah? That's the first one. The second one, which is who I am, honey. <clears throat> I don't know how this is connected to my childhood, I haven't gone that back, but I just know this is my attachment style, is anxious attachment. Anxious attachment are people who are not sure at all where they stand in someone else's life. And this can be in your intimate relationships, this could be at the workplace, in friendships, or in general, their outlook of life is, I do not know my space in people's hearts, I do not know my space in people's uh, lives, you know. So this was a baby, sometimes when they cried, the mom would come, sometimes when they cried, the mom wouldn't come, you know. So it was really, they didn't know, oh my God, are they, am I going to be uh, soothed this time? Am I going to be given value this time? They weren't sure because sometimes it was given, other times it wasn't given. So they grow up not sure if they will receive what they are requesting for, yeah? Um, and this is mostly emotionally. I'm not saying, oh, if you wake up in the morning and you're like, mom, I want a freaking Tesla. No, it's, it's emotional response or emotional value, yeah? Um, so this person, this baby, as a baby, because they don't know how to soothe themselves, they start getting anxious. They're like, I, do I have value in this person's life? Because sometimes I have value, but other times I don't have value. So it creates this anxiety. There's a lot more, I hope, that I'm going to have a specific episode about this. Um, so when you grow up as an anxious person, obviously you have anxiety, which is a horrible, horrible thing your brain does when things don't go your way, and you overthink. People who have anxious attachment overthink everything, which makes them very sensitive people. They are very sensitive to people's emotions but they're very insecure and they have very low self-esteem. And a lot of the things that they do are things that they do to be seen and to be accepted rather than to explore who they are, yeah? And that also shows in relationships, they need constant, constant, constant uh, soothing or validation. And that can be tiring, of course, for your, your colleagues, for your siblings, for your friends, because if you can't find value from within, then nobody, nobody outside will give it to you. We'll talk about it in the random context. I can't wait because that's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite topics. The other type of attachment is the avoidant attachment style. So the avoidant attachment style is very similar 
to to the anxious attachment style as how their parent treated them. So sometimes the parent would come, sometimes they wouldn't, sometimes they would, sometimes they wouldn't. But what the avoidant person decided to do was, bitch, I can take care of myself, you know? So they grew up to be extre- they grow up to be extremely extremely independent and aloof, yeah? They grow up to be people who don't express emotion at all. Um, and that's tough because obviously they use that as a coping mechanism, uh, but they are emotionally unavailable, emotionally out of touch. And, and you know, in Rwanda, in, the, in our context, I think I noticed this attachment style mainly in men because as babies, men are told, ah, na mugaburira, oh, na. So they learn very early that, na munhuzaba hosa. So then they block the need to even be soothed. So then they grow up to be like, ah, basically, um, which means they don't, they don't connect. Um, but then, you know, obviously these coping mechanisms have a lot of good things that they bring into our lives. People who are avoidant love independence. So they will become entrepreneurial, they will become very, very driven to never need anyone in their lives. So that could be financially, they will be very financially, um, I guess, uh, independent, they will be very, you know, into their own world, they don't need anyone. So of course, that will motivate them to build things to to grow things, you know, Um, same as the anxious person, the anxious person will also build things because they they have they don't have the certainty of relying on anybody. The secure person might build things because they enjoy it. They feel they have a talent. They feel like they have something to bring. the The underlying issue is not a wound. The underlying uh, inspiration is just creating. Whereas the other two, yes, on the outside they will look very successful, but on the inside it's a very lonely or insecure space. The fearful one is, the, um, it, it, I, I'm not a psychologist, so this is just me observing. The fearful one is somebody who just um, mix both. You know, sometimes they are fully in love and other times they're fully not. It's very confusionment, confusionment, you know. They, um, growing up, sometimes they received a lot of care and then other times they receive a lot of violence. So grow, as they grow up um, as adults, there's a very big confusion um, and fear of intimacy, fear of friendship, because it's, it's not sure. It's not sure what will be the outcome of the, re, the, the, the relationship or the friendship, yeah? So anyway, so I had to learn all those things and discovered that obviously I'm anxious <laughs> um, and that has reflected so many ways in the way I relate to my friends, my colleagues, my colleagues especially because we spend the most time with them um, and, and, and having put a name on what it was has given me resources and tools to Google and to find out how much can I become better? How can I uh, soothe myself? Kwihoza, as an adult, because as an adult, 
The last thing I have learned, the last thing I've learned uh, as a gift of 2020 was it's okay to go to therapy <laughs> and to talk to professionals, you know. I started doing that um, to just decide to be a better person. Towards the end of 2020, I was like, I'm just going to deal with all my demons to enter 2021 as a better person, as a better a person who loves myself more. It's not about... At some point, it wasn't about others because I, I realized a lot of things I do is really to please others, is really to, to cling onto other people rather than clinging onto myself. So then I decided, you know what, let me talk to, to a professional, discover myself in a deeper way so I can move into a new year with a new perspective of self from within. Things will probably not change on the outside. Obviously, corona might not go away, but having a new personal outlook on life might help me to develop more things, to create more things and have confidence. Even if they fail, you know, rejection is not that big of a deal, you know? So to approach life with a lighter a lighter load, you know, rather than a heavy load. And of course, I am, again, speaking from a space of privilege. A lot of people are not able um, physically or mentally or even with the circumstances that they're going through, they're not able to access some of these things. But hopefully, um, those who can, um, let's access it so we can be better people to ourselves and to those around us, yeah? So yeah, that was 2020 for me. Um, learned to, you know, to just survive and help a business, my business survive. I'm very, very grateful for that. Now for 2021, obviously still the beginning, there's a lot of hope. Uh, my hope for this podcast is that I will release four episodes a month. So every Wednesday, please tune in to our channels and... Um, there will be a new episode. I will be very disciplined about it. And also I will be having lives on my, um, on my um, Instagram page, Everyday Weird. Uh, so we will talk, yeah? Let's, 2021 for me, I think the circumstances on the outside might not change, but I feel like 2020 has given me a few tools to, to not look at it too negatively, to not look at it too fearfully, to just enjoy the day and if that's all i do that's gonna be also okay yeah um yes the podcast we will talk about as i said on the live but i'm realizing that a lot of people probably did not hear it we will talk about money 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 okay how to make money how to invest how to save where to start as the Rwandan community, like Dufite Ibumirongitano, Tuvishire, Dufite Makumyabir, Tuvishire, Tufite Maganatan, Tuvishire, you know? Um, we're gonna talk about mental health. I really want to dig deeper into these attachment styles, hopefully with a, a guest who is a professional at that. Uh, we're gonna talk about trauma, childhood trauma. We're gonna talk about how to develop joy and gratitude in our lives we're going to talk about relationships we're going to talk about the lgbt community we're going to talk about feminist issues we're going to talk about a lot of different and exciting things 
into 2021. So if you're, you know, wanting to join this boat with me in this journey, as I rant, as I laugh with friends and, and family about life, you're very free to be part of us. Um, I'm so, so grateful to, to have this platform and to create this platform for us to learn together, to discover together who we are and who we can be. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye. A special thanks to Origami for recording this episode and also for creating this jingle. If you like this episode, feel free to follow us on Instagram at everydayweird. And also don't forget to like this episode and share with all your friends. Thank you.